Welcome to an all-new episode of Wrestling with Respect. 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 That was awesome. Thank you. Dramatic. Yeah, with like, like our high-budget sound effects mm-hmm. that we have. That's it. Only the that best for awesome. our listeners. I am so ready to do this. I feel like it's been way more than a month since we've been here, although it has only been a month. Y'all. I've had about five cups of fucking espresso, mm-hmm. and I am jacked up Woo! for another awesome episode of Wrestling with Respect. Yes. Uh, this is episode number two. Dos. Of season two. And Dos honestly, again. we had a different second episode planned. Uh, but now that we are done with the Royal Rumble, we decided to go in a different direction with this particular episode. Right, Jen? Uh, yeah. It was it was almost instant. As soon as the, the Rumble was over, we took it all in. We're like, yeah, we got to do this person. So it was... One woman's performance in particular. She inspired us to do this episode. During this year's Royal Rumble, she was one of the final four women in the match. And in doing so, suffered a nasty injury to the back of her head. That just got bigger and bloodier and bloodier and bloodier as the night went on. It was so freaking awesome. Um, So anyway, yeah, that required several staples, staples. And in the process further solidified her position as one of the toughest, badass women to ever enter the squared circle. And of course, for anybody who watched the Royal Rumble or read anything after the Royal Rumble, uh, that woman is none other than... You already know. The Glamazon, Beth Beth Phoenix. Phoenix. uh, The youngest person to ever be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. Just a side note there. I can remember as a little girl spending weekends with my grandparents and WCW was always on the TV. I watched my teeny tiny Polish immigrant grandmother get down on the floor, hoot, holler, and get lost in the pageantry of the battle. It was good versus evil, but it wasn't until WrestleMania 10 that everything changed for me. I watched that opening match, Bret Hart versus Owen Hart. And a switch, a switch flipped for me. Owen and Brett crafted a work of art that stayed with me and affected me. And it was the moment that I knew this is what I want to do when I grow up. Yeah, I mean, her kick-ass performance was undeniable. Yes, it was undeniable. And we're not talking Tessa Blanchard undeniable. We're talking Glamazon <laughs> undeniable. The Glamazon. Yes. Love her. So there's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, we mentioned the Royal Rumble. What did you think about the Royal Rumble? I loved it. Uh, ending aside, because I was not happy about that. Charlotte gets another opportunity. Number 11 possible championship. Yeah, 11, Freaking ridiculous. Who's counting anymore? That was, that was um, extremely disappointing, especially after... Such a great match, and all the girls, all the ladies put their heart and soul into it. I was freaking pumped about my girl, the EST of NXT, Bianca Belair. The Royal Rumble. The Royal Rumble is about building new stars, having new stars be over, and she certainly stole the show. Shayna Baszler eliminated seven or eight women in about four minutes. With so a very anticlimactic she, ending, unfortunately. Yes, very anticlimactic ending, but there was no reason that she shouldn't have won the Royal Rumble. 
That's just our opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, go with some new blood. Go yeah, with some man. fresh masters. Come on. Although, Charlotte again? Although, yeah, oh. I mean, all the rumors we suggest... We just talked about this. We did. We did. We talked about it at length. Yeah. All the rumors suggest, though, that Shayna is still going to challenge Becky for the Raw Women's title. Mm-hmm. They haven't really dropped any breadcrumbs on that yet. Yeah, not so yet. So we'll see what happens, but... And where is there else for her to go? It, exactly. There's nothing else for her to do in yeah. NXT, and... The match itself, the Women's Royal Rumble match, was so perfect. Oh, beautiful. Up until a certain guy came in, who we'll talk about in our timeline with Beth Phoenix. And it kind of, it just, it stopped the momentum. It was a freaking waste of a spot for a woman. It stopped the momentum. Waste uh, of a spot. You know, we found out, I guess, Sasha Banks was nursing an injury, and that was supposed to be her spot, I guess. Yeah, but put someone else in for yeah, fuck's I mean, sake come on people i mean you got plenty of other people that could you're putting this it. idiot schmuck in there yeah should have given lita a phone call or yeah. something oh she my gosh holy somebody shit. somebody else i don't even care who just somebody else mickey james mickey james i don't know what she's doing yeah um, frank and country music somewhere yeah put her on a milk carton i guess but i don't know uh so royal rumble we're building towards wrestlemania mm-hmm. uh and yeah we got some fun stuff going on uh, yeah, so, regarding the show and everything, too, that we're super excited about. Yeah, so we have been floating around a couple ideas of how we can get our faces to you guys and do something during the week to review the shows that are going on, whether it's NXT, AEW, Raw, SmackDown. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we mostly focus on this show, on our monthly show, about the past and legends and... You know, we sprinkle in present superstars here yeah. and there. But we wanted to get our faces out there and do something, not live, but, you know, something that we can put on Instagram or or Twitter. We had um, so much fun doing the 2019 recap that we're like, we got to do current stuff because it's, it's just a blast talking about it. and, and Yeah, so we're playing around with a couple of different ideas uh, as far as a weekly review. Uh, something that's not in-depth like we do here, nothing that's long-form, but something that's quick that, you know, you can, you know, watch, you know, five minutes, whatever it is. Just, you get know. Your, get your fix of wrestling your, with respect between our uh, major exactly, episodes. Exactly, And something that's entertaining also. Mm-hmm. So we're playing around with that idea, looking to expand what we do here on a monthly basis. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll be uh, doing that very, very soon. Mm-hmm. So, if not already, by the time that this show airs. So, we shall see. Look for us soon. We're going to be calling that segment what? The Squash. The Squash. All right. The Squash, yes. Um, Anything else going on? Oh, yeah. Oh, hey. I got a little something going on. Yes, you do. So, yeah. I'm Preggers. Me and Matt are expecting Bebe Numero Dos, another bouncing baby boy. Yes, you will be surrounded by balls. I will be surrounded by balls. That is not inaccurate, yes. <laughs> so that's exciting, and uh, we're super pumped about that. So that'll be in August, the baby's due. That is August, so plenty of time, plenty of time to yeah. do plenty of wrestling. Yeah, no, fuck that. I'll, I'll podcast from the, from the hospital bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here we are live from the hospital. <laughs> I think you can take a break for a few months after that. We'll see. We'll have plenty of things that we could put out to the people so they can get their fix of us. Very well. Yes. 
Um, all right, so I guess we should just get this started. Let's do it. Let's do this. So Beth Phoenix, I will say the one thing about Beth, and I'm not talking all superstars. I'm just talking you know female superstars here. That separates her from a lot of her contemporaries at the time that she was wrestling is her extensive amateur wrestling background. You know, we've talked about it with the men, Kurt Angle, Brock Lesnar, the list goes on and on. You don't see it a lot with the women, uh, but she, you know, was the first female varsity wrestler in her high school's history. Uh, she excelled at all amateur levels. She won the title of Northeast Freestyle Women's Champion back in 1999. And even from the beginning, she stated that her goal through all of this amateur wrestling was to be a professional wrestler. For her. Because she felt that having the amateur wrestling background was only going to benefit her in the long run. And I think it did. And prof- I would mm-hmm. say so. <laughs> she had works. always cited from an early age that Brett and Owen Hart, among others, were her major inspirations. Great inspirations. Who are those guys? Also guys <laughs> that had two amazing, famous amateur wrestling backgrounds. Absolutely. Interestingly enough, she had actually wanted to enroll in the Hart Family Dungeon for training, but being born and raised in New York State, the move to Calgary wasn't really beneficial for her financially, so she sought the guidance of two people, Joey Knight and Robin Nightwing, two individuals who had actually trained in the Hart Dungeon. What a cool last name, by the way. So I guess the next best thing to actually going there is finding two people that actually graduated from there. Yeah. So that's fine. Another amazing fact about this, too, as uh, Beth was going through her training, Molly Holly. We all know Molly Holly. Yep. Mighty Molly. She was also Molly in the Royal Rumble, BT Dubs. She was in the Rumble again. Yes. Nice little showing. Mm-hmm. Didn't really do anything Quick. crazy. but yeah. I mean. Yeah. Uh, she would actually be the one to foot the bill for Beth's wrestling school, which is amazing. I mean, I don't, I don't pretend to be an expert on wrestling schools or tuition, but I can't imagine that it's cheap. And that's when she was dubbed Super Molly. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she would be a superhero in my book if she was footing the bill for that that's for me. That's true. But this was after Molly had seen some tape of Beth's work, and she was highly impressed, which most people I'm sure were, and footed the bill again for her. Great, great story. Between this time and 2004, actually, 1999 to 2004, Beth would actually bounce around the indies, wrestling both men and women. Uh, these promotions included Cleveland All-Pro Wrestling, Apocalypse Wrestling, Glory, which at the time was an independent wrestling promotion just for women, Far North Wrestling, and Shimmer Women Athletes. So she made the rounds. In May of 2004, Beth was invited on a tryout basis with the WWE in their then-developmental brand Ohio Valley Wrestling, the precursor to NXT. So her good work as an in-ring performer, of course, a valet and a manager, would lead her to signing a developmental contract with WWE in October of 2005. Beth would be called up to the main roster on May 8th, 2006, on Monday Night Raw, injecting herself into the then teeming feud between Trish Stratus and Mickey James, sidebar one of my favorite feuds, um, of all time. Yes, we've talked about that. Yes, one. we did. And she attacked Mickey James and aligned herself with Trish. I don't like Trish's chances of one arm woman in a uh, tie. What is this? Oh, Trish avoiding the contact. Wait a minute. Who the hell is that? Is that? I don't know. What 
Who is that? Who is that woman? Is that the... Guess what? She's my new friend. And apparently, Mickey, I'm not the only one you screwed over. Oh. Mickey, I am not gonna let you get away with what you did to me. You psycho! She would continue to be part of this feud up until June, um, an episode of Raw when she legitimately suffered a fractured mandible. Ouchies. Ouch, indeed. Ouchies, ouchies. She had several injuries and suffered some complications from this injury as she needed a titanium plate and nine screws in her jaw. But um, somehow she only missed about eight weeks of action. I don't know. If I was having a metal plate screwed into my face... <laughs> I wouldn't want to do anything physical for she is a, a freaking badass. Yes, She's she is. badass. Um, when she returned um, to action, however, it was back in OVW, so back in that developmental brand, back in August of 06. So two steps forward for her, making the strides. Mm-hmm. One step back. You see this happen sometimes when injuries derail guys yeah. uh, or gals, for that matter. We're seeing that kind of now. I use Samoa Joe as a very good example because it seems like every time the guy gets a chance to be in the main event picture, he gets injured. Knee, you know, elbow. He was cooking up something really good with KO. Yeah. It's a real Knee, freaking elbow, shame. concussion, I guess is what it is now. But uh, Do we know how long it's going to be out there? I have no idea. Mm-hmm. It's concussion protocol, so Ugh. it could be a long time. Yeah. Who the fuck knows? Yeah. But upon best return to OVW, she would automatically be thrust into the OVW women's title picture. And would actually eventually win the title on October 4th, 2006. Her reign would not last, however, as she would drop the title on November 1st to uh, Katie Leah in a gauntlet match. Barely a month. Barely a month. As the calendar turned to 2007, she would continue to wrestle throughout the year, eventually culminating in her final appearance for OVW in August of 2007. However, before her final appearance down there, the prior month in July... Phoenix would return to WWE television on Raw, this time as a heel. Mm -hmm. At SummerSlam in August, Phoenix would win a Women's Battle Royal to become the number one contender for the WWE Women's Championship. It is at this point that Phoenix would begin dubbing herself the Glamazon. And that name would stick up until today. Mm -hmm. She would continue to feud with Candice Michelle over the championship until No Mercy in October, where Beth would finally claim her first Women's Championship. No. Candice getting a caught in that backbreaker by the Glamazon. And Phoenix move, I hate this move. And that cradle suplex by Beth Phoenix is a, this is just devastating. A big, powerful woman. And there could be winning. Dominating, devastating, dangerous diva. The Glamazon, sexy and strong, and we have seen another championship change hands here tonight at no mercy, as Beth Phoenix was just too big, too strong, too athletic on this night, 
She would continue to dominate during her first reign, holding the title through Survivor Series, the Royal Rumble, and WrestleMania 24. After WrestleMania, on April 14th, unfortunately, Phoenix would drop the title to Mickie James. She would consequently receive a rematch on the May 5th episode of Raw, but come up short due to interference from Melina, which would start uh, another long feud. She would continue to feud with her for a few months, culminating in the first ever women's I Quit match at One Night Stand, where Beth would be victorious. Why don't you tell our novice listeners what an I Quit match is? It's quite simple. It's quite simple. You just beat the hell out of someone until they say I quit. There you go. Um, which which do you prefer, a heel Beth, uh, Beth Phoenix or a face Beth Phoenix? Uh, I think I prefer a heel Beth Phoenix. Yeah? I don't know. Yeah. I, I like I like face. Good good Beth. Okay. Anyway. So um, here we are in July 08. Phoenix would start her on-screen relationship with Santino Morella or Santina Morella, if you were watching the Royal Rumble. So um, this all started with Morella issuing an open challenge to anyone in the locker room, which Phoenix answered. Eventually, the tussle would lead to them ooh, sharing a smooch, which baffled both competitors. The duo would be known as Glamorella, which has a nice ring to it, actually. And they would get their first taste of gold at SummerSlam as they defeated the team of Kofi Kingston and Mickey James in an intergender match to capture the Intercontinental title and Phoenix's second women's championship, respectively. So she would hold that women's title up until uh, Royal Rumble in 09, where she would drop the title to her longtime foe, Melina. WrestleMania 25 would see the last of Glamorella as Beth competed in the 25 Diva Miss WrestleMania Battle Royale. She eliminated 12 participants, but was herself eliminated by Santino Morella, who came to the ring in drag as Santina Morella. Does this sound familiar? This would kick off a brief feud between the two, but that really didn't culminate to, to much. Yeah. Yeah. I think this was enough of it. We didn't need to see it in the year 2020, but unfortunately we got it again. So, after a brief respite of about a month, Phoenix returned to Raw on July 27th. And uh, shortly thereafter, on August 31st, she would get a crack at the Divas Championship, but she would ultimately come up short against Mickey James. She was subsequently traded to the SmackDown brand in October and be a mainstay on the brand. At the 2010 Royal Rumble, she would enter becoming only the second woman to enter the match. China was the first. China was the first. China. Uh, in one of the more memorable Rumble, Rumble eliminations, she would eliminate the great Kali before being eliminated herself by CM Punk. CM right now. Who will enter at number six? Crush his head like a grape. It's the Phoenix's The Glamazon. Oh my God. Just the second woman in Rumble history. Are you serious? Every superstar is eligible, but really? Akali's the Punjabi playboy. Be gentle. Chivalry is not dead. 
For the next several months, Beth would feud with the team of Michelle McCool, or Mrs. Undertaker, and Layla, the team otherwise known as Le Cool. That's cool. I love that. <laughs> no, that's Le Cool. That is Le Cool, man. This would culminate in Phoenix winning her third women's championship at Extreme Rules against McCool in an Extreme Makeover match. I will not be lying to you when I say that I haven't seen this match. So I do not know what an extreme makeover match is. Do you think they just like trade lipsticks? Maybe. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure that, and boo to me being a host and not doing my research, but I might have to just check that out after yeah. we get off the air here. <laughs> it sounds interesting enough to get my, my, uh, my eyes to it. So we'll see what it is. Phoenix would legitimately tear her ACL though on May 6th in a match against Rosa Mendez. Again, we see another injury derailing someone who's got momentum. The following week on SmackDown, despite the injury, Phoenix would drop the Women's Championship to Layla, in turn ending her third reign as champ. She would return from injury six months later at the Survivor Series and align herself with Natalia. Cool. Love me some Natty. So Phoenix would I be... Re- <laughs> oh, well, she's good, though. She's a great wrestler. Don't take that from her. Yeah, you said she's boring. Last week, she was boring as cold soup. I agree. Yeah. It needs work, but I, you can't deny her skills. So Phoenix would be redrafted to Raw in April of 2011 and realign herself again with Natalia as a hell tag team, the Divas of Doom, waging war on what Beth considered the perky bimbos of the Divas division. Oh, Kelly, your days as the perky, cute, blonde little bimbo are officially over. At Hell in a Cell in October, Phoenix would finally, finally capture the Devious Championship for the first time in a match against Kelly Kelly. Kelly Squared. Kelly Squared. Um, between October and April, she would defend um, her title successfully on numerous occasions. This would end, however, on April 23rd episode of Raw as Phoenix would lose her Devious Championship to Nikki Bella in a Lumberjill match. Isn't that cute? Mm. Lumberjill. It's called a Lumberjack match. I don't give Stupid. Um, yeah. Also, sidebar to the Bellas, who are also pregnant and expecting at the same time. The fucking. <laughs> I like the Bellas, so suck a bag of sticks. <laughs> she would be, <laughs> she would be unsuccessful in several attempts to regain this title in the following months, and in the fall, she would feud with Caitlyn and Eve Torres. And on um, October 29th episode of Raw, Phoenix was kayfabe fired by General Manager Vicky Guerrero. Kayfabe, because in reality. However, Phoenix had given her notice to the company and had decided to leave, saying that she wanted to focus more on her family life. Mm. Very admirable. Yes. During a September 2019 interview, however, she also noted that she was extremely upset and frustrated at the state of the women's division at the time of her departure and felt that the company wasn't investing enough time and effort into the women's division at that point. Sounds really familiar. Mm. Here we are in 2020. Mr. Repeating uh, itself. Eight years later... And still, despite a brief period of time, WWE is not investing their time and energy into the women's division again. Yeah, we have some nasty ebbs and flows there with the women's yeah, division. Yeah, exactly. It's amazing, too, to me that at the time that we had discussed this at the beginning of the last episode, when the women's division was on fire in late 2018, mm-hmm. 
that would have been a perfect time for her to come back. Yeah. And then she came back later, and she came back now, mm-hmm. when uh, the division is suffocating again. So, we will see what happens. After five years, on February 27th, 2017, it was announced that Phoenix would be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. Yay. This made her both the youngest female and the quickest to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. In 2018, she started her second career as a part-time commentator. Another interesting fact, too, is that her and her husband, Edge, Adam Copeland, are actually the first real-life couple to both be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. Oh. And I don't think it's happened since. So, first and only. The Glamazon. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, uh, the Glamazon would take her in-ring return in the first-ever Women's Royal Rumble in January 2018. That was super exciting. She entered in at number 24, but was eliminated within five minutes by Natalia. So throughout 2018, she would be a guest commentator for many matches, including the Women's Battle Royal at WrestleMania and the 2018 May Young Classic. I fucking love her as a commentator. She knows what she's talking about. She knows her shit. She adds interesting and, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Relevant uh, color to all of the matches that, that, she, that she's in. And I, I love it. Agreed. Um, it would be at Fastlane in March of 2019, where she would tease an in-ring return as she would come to the aid of Sasha Banks and Bailey after a post-match attack from Tamina. Tamina. I, I always do their songs when I say their names and I realize that, and I don't care. I'm just going to keep doing it. Fair enough. So after um, a match, okay, from Tamina and Nia Jax. That was a WWE Women's Tag Team title match, by the way. Not that anybody cares, but... (laughs) On March 18th, um, Phoenix announced that she was coming out of retirement, yeah, to team with Natalia to change, um, excuse me, to talent for the women's tag team titles at WrestleMania 35. Since you guys are saying you'll take on all comers anytime, anyplace, anywhere... I am ready to step out of retirement stand beside the very best in the WWE, Natalia, and challenge the both of you for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships at WrestleMania! Unfortunately for the Glamazon and Natalia, the attempts would be unsuccessful. Um, they lost the fatal four-way match as the Iconics would come away victorious and win the titles. And of course, we talked about um, that match quite a bit in our last episode. Yes, the match that changed the momentum and the year 2019 that was the WWE Women's Division. I wonder how 2019 would have been if... If maybe they did win. Yeah, I think we said that. Oh, did we? <laughs> you know, if if you know, I mean, if Sasha Banks and Bailey won. Yeah. Yeah, I think that it would have been okay, mm-hmm. but I think it eventually would have fallen off a cliff anyway. That's true. Because it's just inevitabilities in WWE. The blonde. It doesn't agenda. matter. It's like Judgment Day in Terminator Two. Mm-hmm. It's like you can't. You know, Judgment Day can't be canceled. It just gets postponed. Yeah. You know, it's like that. It's like it just would have been postponed for six months. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, I probably still would have fallen off a cliff. It's sad to say that. I wish I didn't have to say that. But 
until they, they show me evidence otherwise that they're going to invest the time in this women's division, mm-hmm. the time that it properly needs, then I'm not sold. So unfortunate, but it is the truth. So now we skip to May of 2019, and Beth would become a permanent fixture on the NXT commentary team, where she still is today, joining uh, Mauro Ronaldo and Nigel McGuinness. And as you said, mm-hmm. compl- very insightful. Yeah, She's not out of place whatsoever. They're not trying to fit a square peg into a round hole, yeah. like they tried to do with Renee Young, as much as I like Renee Young yeah. when she was on Raw. It just didn't work out. And that's as much... Maybe her, you know, her co-hosts or co-commentators' fault as much as it is hers. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but it didn't work there. It works unbelievably well in NXT. Yeah. So she would make another impressive in-ring return, as we talked about at the top of the show, at the 2020 Royal Rumble, as she entered number 19 and lasted nearly 30 minutes as she was one of the final three participants at the end. As we said, her performance was gutsy as she sustained a head injury early on and was bleeding profusely from the yes. back of her head. And it only got worse as the match went along. Yeah. And stupid me didn't really realize it until you said something. Mm-hmm. You're like, I think she's bleeding from the back of the head. And I'm like, <laughs> that's red there. But Is it, it from it, the lights? It, but I don't know. You know, whatever. Some, they got, she got somebody else's makeup or hair dye on mm-hmm. her hair. And then it just got worse and worse and, and her worse. just her head was just drenched in blood. Yeah. Oh, man. She's... Fucking awesome. And as we said at the top of the show, it took several staples to close the wound on the back of her mm-hmm. head. But damn, just great gutsy Kind of showing those girls there, like, come on, ladies. If yeah, I can do this like, at 39, on. you guys got to step the fuck yeah. up. Yeah, that's where we are with her. So, as you said, adds unbelievable insight to the NXT commentary team. She is great at everything she does. Mm-hmm. Whatever she touches, she's great at. Mm-hmm. And, you know, honestly, as you said, she's 39 years old. Would definitely not count out another in-ring return. Yeah. Uh, 39 is not over the hill by wrestling standards no, at I... all. I mean, her husband came back from triple neck surgery at 46. Oh, Ed. So, yeah, I mean, she could have a lot more wrestling in her. And yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, even on a part-time basis, if she shows up here and there, Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, you know, dream match here, dream match there. Yeah. You know, I don't think it's the end for her. I don't think so either. Whatsoever. So, and I'm sure WWE would always be willing to, you know, welcome her back with open arms if she wants to get into the ring. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, I kind of want to touch on what you were speaking about with Renee. Yes. Because I agree. Renee, Renee Young, um, does a lot of the special shows, the pre-shows for all of the, um, the pay-per-views and stuff. the backstage show after SmackDown. And I don't have dates in front of me, but she eventually became um, the commentator for um, Raw. Mm -hmm. And as awesome as she is, and is, because she still is awesome, it just didn't fit her. It it was very... She kind of threw in like an oh here and there when someone, there was a big hit. And you got to wonder, like, someone was in her ear telling her what to say and she couldn't fully be herself. And I don't know. That's a shame. I feel like she could have given more. Well, the commentary in WWE, and I'm not counting NXT in this, but Raw and SmackDown definitely, it's just so robotic and so forced. And it's just not natural. You listen to these guys talk, call a match, and most of the time they're not even calling the match. Yeah. They're just either bickering back and forth Mm -hmm. or saying something stupid or a rehearsed line or something that's being fed to them. And it's so unnatural. It's unnatural it's to the boss point. time. It's, it's unnatural <laughs> to the point where you're listening to this. Yeah. 
and you say to yourself, there is no human being on earth that would talk like that. Right. There's nobody that talks like that normally. Yeah. So you, it's not believable when you hear Michael Cole or Corey Graves calling a match. Mm-hmm. Tom Phillips, I like. I like Byron Saxton a little bit. I don't think he's as good if he doesn't have that heel announcer that he gets to work off of. Like yeah. when Graves and Saxton were together, it was fantastic because they were constantly going back and forth. Mm-hmm. And it was good bickering. It wasn't over-the-top stupid bickering. But just like so with forced. Renee, and Renee so and Graves would go at it. Yeah, and, like, oh, come and on, just guys. like the personal inside jokes that yeah. you would only know if you follow them on Instagram or Twitter and shit. Mm-hmm. And it's like you know the over fifty audience isn't doing that, so they're not going to get what's going on. Yeah, just call the fucking match. Yeah. So like what I yeah. was saying is it's it's not Renee, and it's unfortunate that it, it came to that. But now she's back, um, doing her show with Fox and talking about uh, uh, SmackDown and. Uh, and she's, she's back where she belongs. She's back in her groove. She is. So yeah. I'm happy for and that. And just to put a bow on this, to bring it back around to Beth, the point is, is that she fits nice and snug into what they're doing in NXT with the commentary team. Yes, she does. You know, she, you know, like I said, insightful. She gets time to speak. What she says makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's not force-fed. It doesn't sound like it's force-fed. Mm-hmm. And they have a great commentary team there, and I'd hope that they don't try and fix something that's not broken and split them up eventually have somebody move to the main roster and completely ruin them, which is what they do with everyone that comes up <laughs> or goes down. You know, demotion, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's it. it. <laughs> Psych. Oh my God, we're so corny. We're so stupid. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. So until next month, I guess. Oh, not or until no. next month. No, I mean... You know, if everything works out the way we want it, you know, we should be coming to you live on Instagram one of these nights with uh, our first review. Mm-hmm. So that will be very, very exciting. Yeah, look for the squash, uh, can't baby. Wait. And as always, we are open to suggestions. So we'll see. Yeah. I mean, do you guys like that we're doing these legends? Do you want us to focus on um, newer people? Let us know. We're open to it. Yeah. I mean, to a point, because it's still our show. But anyway, <laughs> we like to think we like to make you think we listen to everybody. Yeah, we do. You guys are doing us a favor by listening to this now. Please keep listening. Yes, please keep listening. <laughs> Don't tune out. The few of you that are out there listening, please keep listening. <laughs> yeah, mom and dad. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't even think they listen. <laughs> Probably not. Uh, well, amazing discussion as always, yes, Jen. Yes, definitely. Uh, please, friends, join us next time for a brand new episode of Wrestling with Respect. You can find us on Instagram at Wrestling With Respect. You can find us at on Twitter at Wrestling Pod wrestling or Respect Pod at Respect, respect Pod. Pod. Sorry, uh, and our parent network at Spirit of Rock Pod on Instagram, which is also home of the Metal Rock and Whiskey and Pretty Good for a Girl podcasts. You can find me individually on Instagram at the Whiskey Obsessor. Jenny, where can they find you? You guys can find me at Rumderwoman247. Not going to be Rumderwoman for the next nine months, but typically 24-7. Yes. Um, any uh, shout-outs you want to give there, babe? Of course. Always have shout-outs. I just wanted to thank Bullets Fall for, again, always letting us use their theme music at the beginning and end of our show. Mm-hmm. Shout-out to Keith from at Keith's Artwork on Instagram for the awesome logo that you see in the thumbnail when you download our show. Thanks, of course, to Spirit of Rock Podcast Network for giving us the platform to put this out to you. I want to also thank uh, my brother's company, Ronan Coatings, who does the decals, uh, window decals. They do Cerakote, 
uh, for firearms and anything you need, any logo you want, they will make it. Uh, they made some really cool decals for Spirit of Rock Podcast Network, uh, which I will be posting about once I receive them. And they do great work, so go follow them on Instagram at Ronin Coatings. RoninCodings.com if you want to order anything. They have a lot of different things to choose from. So those are the shout-outs, and uh, this was a lot of fun. Yes, sir. Thank you very much, ladies and germs, for listening. We love you guys, and until next time, we are tapping out. Later. Later.